0: Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bergstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax and accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back to Account Trends, everybody. Jason Stein here, your host, with my co host, as always, Mr. David Bergstein. How are you today, sir? I
1: am fine. Looking forward to today.
0: Yes, we have uh, another awesome guest, Casey Johnson, with us here today. Casey uh, is VP of Strategy and Innovation at CPA.com, which is an AI CPA company. And with the Accounting Today Most Influential People list that she made again for the Fourth or fifth time in a row, so congratulations on that, Casey. Congratulations. And welcome welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: We are excited to have you, and especially because of what we're going to talk about. So, um, David, I think you wanted to ask about the report, right?
1: Yeah, I know that uh, at Digital, you always come out with a list of the uh, accounting profession technology megatrends. And I'm assuming this year was no different. So could you uh, tell everyone what to expect of the 2023 uh, accounting profession megatrends?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So we've been doing this for a few years. Um, Each digital CPA in our present CEO, Eric Elsperson's keynote, he rolls out in the digital CPA update the uh, forecast of kind of what the hype cycle will look like specific to accounting and finance. you know, Gartner every single year, they publish dozens of hype cycles and they've got hundreds of different emerging technologies plotted on them. They don't do one specific for accounting and finance though. They have them for many other industries, but not accounting and finance. So what we started doing a few years back is taking their framework and all of the different emerging technologies that they do plot looking at those from a lens specific to the accounting and finance profession and the role that we play with, um, you know, different business, different size business clients. And then we plot about a dozen of those emerging technologies uh, on their framework of the hype cycle and just kind of look at what is going to be impacting um, what's maturing the fastest, and what we can expect to see from technology in the coming year.
1: Can you you give us some specifics of what we look to expect on that hype chart?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for 2023, um, first, when you're looking at this, kind of understand how technologies mature through this framework. So the way that Gartner said it sets it up as first show of an innovation trigger. Um, then it, you'll see technologies as they mature, kind of come up to this peak of inflated expectations. That's when you're seeing in all the media and all the articles about, oh, this technology is going to change the world or the machines are going to take over. And then as companies come out with true prototypes and start launching things, the technology you know, starts to wane a bit and people identify flaws. So then it starts to go into the trough of disillusionment. And then it comes up this slope of enlightenment as the maturity kind of in the technology works itself out. People are really having good practical use cases and implementations of the solutions. And then it goes into its plateau of productivity where you really see, okay, this is not necessarily, we're not talking adoption. We're not saying, oh, it's reached its plateau of adoption, but it's showing this is what the technology is truly capable of producing. So for 2023, a few that I'll just call out, um, we've got AI on here a few different times. We've got it in both machine learning, which is just coming out of trough of disillusionment and into slope of enlightenment. And then we have RPA. So Lots of acronyms here, but uh RPA stands for robotic process automation. Um and we've seen tremendous adoption as well in this, but why we're seeing this kind of reach that plateau of productivity is that the systems have become so mature that even McKinsey shows that the um, AI model has had a 94% improvement in uh, their training speed. So RPA in terms of what it's capable of doing, I think we've got a pretty good understanding there.
1: Yeah, I've been following RPA. I guess I've taken a couple of AI CPA courses. They do some courses on RPA. Uh, and, and it's really moved forward over the last couple of years. I guess it's becoming more drop and drag uh, to put together automation. So it's making it easier. What about uh, blockchain or crypto assets? They were on, I think, the chart a couple of years ago. And now I guess you, instead of crypto, you're calling it digital assets?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. The SEC actually prefers that uh, terminology. So you'll see pretty much everything we do, say digital assets versus crypto. But- In previous iterations of this, when we had it separated between crypto and let's say DeFi, um, well, I guess that's a different iteration completely of blockchain, but let's say stable coins. So stable coins are also a type of digital assets. Stable coins in their maturity are very different in their placement on this than what a crypto would be. So when you join them together, it actually brought the category of the digital assets back a bit into the trough of disillusionment because now you're you're kind of combining a few different uh, modalities of of digital assets. So.
1: I think the world I think the world is changing. I think automation is going to take over. It's not going to replace the accountant. Uh, the accountant's going the accountants going to use it uh, as they move forward. But everything seems to be revolving around faster and faster computing with edge computing. Is everything's changing?
2: Yeah. So edge is really interesting. And, um, you know, we, we had this big push to the cloud, which was tremendous, but then what the technologists realized is that, um, you can have so much faster computation when you're being able to deliver directly to whatever the the device or the data storage is closer to the user. Um, so, we had edge AI on here last year. This year, we have edge computing. Um, so I think right now, they're, this one's going to probably move much quicker in terms of maturity and how fast it goes through this type cycle. Sometimes they can take a dozen years to get through this whole thing. Others, they move kind of quicker. I think this one we'll see move a little bit faster. And it goes to the one you see right behind that, web three. That's the next iteration of the internet and very decentralized and giving people back control of their data. Um that one that ne- I don't think will necessarily move as fast as edge computing, but they you see some parallels there in, in why those are important.
0: Yeah. And even there's there's legislation that's driving some of that too, with um data security and data rights, right? Can, we at a two it have um, we, we have a company policy that our data, the data belongs to our users and, and not into it. Of course, you know, we, we use it to help enhance our experiences, but but if anybody ever wants, you know, to um you know, wants us to remove that data or things like that, we, you know, we're we're happy to comply. Um but I feel like it's more than that, right? It's it's how we use the data. Um in in AIs. Talk a little bit more about that. It's interesting.
2: Well, there's so much data too. And people will notice on this version, there's data lakes. And you may wonder, okay, what's, what is that? I hear data lake, I hear data warehouse. So in, let's just talk about an accounting firm, right? In an accounting firm, you have massive amounts of data, both your own firm data, you have client data, um, and in multiple different repositories, different software systems, locations, so a data warehouse is more filtered data that is constructed and it already has been cleaned up. A data lake is the raw data. So you have all of this information pulled into a centralized location, but none of it has been, you know, filtered out or built into where you can go and just capture it for a single you know, purpose. It, it's got to be massaged, or you've got to have um, some kind of relatable instance that you're going to make sense of it. A bit. Data warehouse has already been kind of cleaned up, but with all of this data, and then you apply uh, AI to it, um, think about the power of that. And that, so, if when you look at this, I like Jason kind of what you just said. When you start to think about how these different emerging techs, as they mature, will be building on each other and the power that those can provide to an organization, I mean, that's also why you're seeing some of this legislation, right? Because people want a little bit right. more control. Because we got to
0: be ethical stewards. Yeah, yeah. we got. Well, we have to, and we also as companies have to be ethical stewards of the data. Um, because, you know, you, you get yourself in a lot of trouble using the wrong data for the wrong reasons. 100%,
1: yeah. With, with all that data, it, it blends right in with uh, what the AICPA and Intuit and everyone is saying that the nature of accounting is changing to advisory services and uh, client accounting services, which I know you heavily involved in. Is it the fastest growth rate at this point in time because of all these tools?
2: Well, I think there's a multitude of reasons of why CAS has grown so rapidly. I think what the clients need from the firms, that demand has changed and they need more advisory. Um, you know, we saw it even with the pandemic and all of the PPP stuff that came out and lots of different programs. They look to their accountants to provide that guidance. So it changed the mindset for a lot of the firms that maybe previous to that were still focused very much on the compliance piece and not so much on the advisory. And then they saw, wow, this has really changed my relationship with the client. And I really am being so much more valued for this type of work than the other stuff that's still very important that I have to provide. But wow why stop it now just because we've come out of the pandemic and these programs, you know, aren't necessarily top of mind anymore. There's other ways that I should be advising my clients. And, you know, you notice on this hype cycle that we have both predictive analytics as well as prescriptive analytics. That's another thing. You're taking data, you're layering different AI systems on top of it, but where are they at and how are firms using them? So like, um, predictive analytics of being able to say, okay, this is what's going to happen versus prescriptive where the machine is actually telling you, this is this is what you need to do to change so that you don't end up X, Y, Z, or this is, you know, what you've got to do. Um, regardless of which of these tools a practitioner is using though, to your point, David, I completely agree. Yes, automation is going to happen and it's going to take away a lot of those rote tasks, but in garbage out with your data and if you're not helping your clients to understand what their numbers really mean or make sure that the data is good it's all for nothing what the systems will tell them or they may not even understand it
0: yeah and you're that's yeah, such a perfect conversation great segue too, david because data insights are are still so early stage to be able to leverage effectively in advisory conversations, but they're there and we can start leveraging them. And and we're doing that stuff, you know, from a technology perspective here to do it as well. But, you know, it sounds like something straight up a fairy tale to have predictive analysis tools and prescriptive tools that say you're heading in this direction. You need to take these actions to get back on track because you're out of line with what success is going to look like for you in the next, you know, well, however long, six months, a year, uh, just, just imagining tools that can do that is mind boggling. And yet we're facing that reality. And
2: in all industries, think about, we're looking at this under that lens of accounting and finance. Think about it from a different industry of like what some of these technologies could do like healthcare. So Okay, here's what your little aura ring or whatever device you're attached to is telling us, and this is the the how we're predicting your health to be over the next one, three, five, ten years. But what if you layer on top of it the prescriptive? So when you start thinking,
1: of- like, so my ring's going to tell me to go do push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the power of these business and intelligence tools that people are adding on to their uh, software to be able to give them the information back and tell them exactly what they should be telling their client to do. So uh, th- that's the future.
0: And I'm glad you tied the the alternative inter- industries to that. There's something probably to that in that, when we think about uh, innovations that are being driven forward outside of, not, not outside of, but not exclusively within the tax and accounting profession, right? Uh, And the the technologies, and that's why data is such a big thing, because it's it's huge in our profession. But I mean, data is important to every industry in some form or fashion, uh, whether it's through the through the accountant or through, you know, other channels. And and I think it'll be interesting. You know, I would imagine that. When you have more players interested in seeing the progress of of, you know, that space that we're going to see it evolve at a faster rate.
2: Oh yeah. Exponentially. I love it. And I I look at other industries and different um, innovators in them. And I just read about one, I can't remember the name of the company, but they're in Africa and they're taking, you know, blockchain takes a ton of power to, you know, support the the systems and and the actual hardware that runs it all. Um, And they're capturing the, uh, like the, the propane emissions that go up into the air that you see those big things you drive by and they're just shooting fire flames out into the air they're capturing all of that energy to then put back in power so it's not just going out into our atmosphere and so I look at all of these different industries and how these um, innovators are really changing things and it's the same in our profession. Uh, we're just living, breathing it and seeing it and starting to imagine how it can change. But man, I love it. I just think these are people that are going to change the world.
0: I think that that's important to note that, you know, we talk about these things probably more, you know, more so because I think it's so important for, for accountants to be close to what's happening in the, you know, the innovation spaces for a lot of industries, because it's important to know what you can take advantage of and be at the leading edge um, because that best positions you to have you know more um, productive and future forward conversations with clients as we continue to you know drive that forward as the theme of our profession, moving away from looking backwards and more towards looking forwards. And I think with technology helping, and, and supporting that drive forward, I'm just so excited what the next five years even looks like for this profession yeah, and our clients. I
2: think a lot of the folks I meet when I'm out there on the road, they get a little overwhelmed. They're like, man, we're so busy. And now you're talking to us about all of these different technologies. And we're still trying to get our, you know, tax and tax management systems to integrate properly. So, What I would say to folks is, yes, you do need to understand and keep an eye on all this stuff. You've got to keep a pulse. You've got to always be learning and understanding what's coming down the road and how it could impact future practitioner skill sets for sure. You don't have to tackle all of this at once. Um, Lean in, understand a little bit. Maybe you have an affinity to blockchain. Maybe you have an affinity to AI and how it can automate. Um, and give you, you know, real results in a in a very timely fashion. Um, start there, and and then I think you'll be able to see probably some real return on that investment. Not necessarily always in financial means right away, but maybe it's in time, maybe it's in the client satisfaction. There's lots of different benefits to implementing some of yeah. these different emerging techs.
0: I think that's great advice, Casey. and I, I hear that from people too. it's it's sensory overloaded. It's I can't possibly know every single out, and new ones are popping up every week. And the degree of innovation that I'm seeing is just continuing to accelerate, and it's it it's impossible to keep up with all of it. Um, so you you just, you know subscribe to podcasts and things like that are great ways to just sort of get that information in pieces over time. Um, but I think it's really just making sure that you have a um, an awareness of it right at the at the very start. you know that there's lots of innovations happening um you know try to um, just, well that alone just helps kind of keep it top of mind and then you you make little efforts to to try to stay on top of them but I mean, yeah, we've been doing, we're on we're on our you know next year of our our podcast here with me and David. and we've met with I mean so many amazing people like you, and it, there's still so much to learn uh, about the industry at large, much less just the technology innovations.
1: It's important for every accounting firm to really have a strategic plan and change it and let it be continuous, roll it over every year and know what's going on. So it's, it's, you never stay the same. Otherwise you're going to fall behind. You got to keep watching forward.
0: Especially now you are so right, David. Well, we are just about at time. Um, Casey, last question. um, Well, last double part question. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite or biggest aha moment coming out of the report, the megatrends uh, report? And then uh, for those that may not be familiar with it, where can they go to learn more about it?
2: Uh, yeah, so I hopefully you guys can upload it to the resources. Otherwise, you could go to CPA.com. We have a whole page on research and innovation, and we publish this stuff pretty regularly. I know we're putting one out um, next month that we'll have this in it. Um, as far as my biggest aha moment, it. You know, we see some of these stick around for a little bit and they take a little while to mature. How quickly some of the artificial intelligence platforms have matured through is what was my bigger aha moment. So what I would like to see is that the implementation and the adoption of these technologies, now that they have really shown their value and what they can do, speeds up and that we get to that majority uh, working in them and not maybe the, uh, early adopters.
0: Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with that, Casey. Uh, perfect. Well, that's all we have for today. Casey cannot thank you enough for taking the time. Come join us on the show and share your thoughts and share, uh, some of the highlights of the Megatrends report.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's great to tap.
0: And thanks everybody out there for listening until next time. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Apple podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston copyright Intuit 2022.